let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Folker, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. The Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility, stability, and strength. Your body is your greatest tool, and when you move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movementgb.com, that's M-V-M-T-G-B.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free for life. What's going on, guys? Uh, you know, this first episode of season three, uh, we are joined by Alex Tussle, Director of Operations at ETS Green Bay. Um, you know, we've been kind of talking about making this happen and we had a conversation a few weeks back and i was like man we got some things we can probably talk about so uh here he is the man in in the flesh well audio wise at least <laughs> um i appreciate you taking time out of your out of your busy schedule um to talk with us absolutely yeah so uh i'll touch a little bit about, about my background so i'm obviously our director of operations here at ets performance green bay um i am from the area i grew up in door county uh actually was raised on a dairy farm there um went to southern door high school was a three-sport athlete there and then i went to the university of wisconsin whitewater continued my track career at whitewater um had some decent success there i was a two-time national qualifier and all-american um that's sick what event uh it was the all-american accolades are in uh the four by one uh relay but i did i also qualified in the long jump which i intended you know that's what i intended to go for i wanted to do that but Mm -hmm. ended up doing a little bit of sprinting as well nice yeah i've seen some videos you got some you got some bounce in your legs huh (laughs) (laughs) I think the better years are behind me, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but no, I mean, throughout my career, I sustained a lot of injuries, um, more so at the high school level and, um, overcoming a lot of those injuries has really made me passionate about what I do and the path that I've taken, um, to be able to give back to athletes, you know, growing up in that setting, you know, we didn't have a ton of resources, you know, so having access to proper strength training, you know, um, you know, whatever we needed, it wasn't always there. So being able to provide that for athletes now is something that, you know, I'm super passionate about. And, and again, is, is led me down the path of where I am today. Um, and that, that mission still is, is alive, you know, and keeps me going on a day-to-day basis. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, I started my ETS career. Um, part of my college credit, um, was an internship. So, I went up to St. Paul. I lived in St. Paul for a few months when I was doing my internship in Woodbury in Minnesota. That's back when we had one ETS location at the time. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, fast forward, you know, seven, eight years now and it's we're up to 26. So, mm-hmm. but I did my internship there. Um, after my internship, I stayed up there and uh, I worked part-time for ETS. And then eventually it, it bloomed into a, a full-time role. And then when the opportunity came to 
to help expand ETS, um, my girlfriend at the time and I moved out to Michigan, Holland, Michigan. And um, I ran that location for four years. And um, then my wife, my wife now and I got married um, and we moved to Eau Claire, Wisconsin to open up that location. We wanted to get back. The mission was to get back closer to home for both of us. And that was the first opportunity to really get back closer to home. Um, and so we took it, you know, and shortly after that, the opportunity in Green Bay came about. So we moved again. Um, and, uh, you know, she's from West Pier, you know, me being from Door County. Um, it was, it was a no brainer be able to give back to the athletes of this area, but be closer to, to family and friends and, and, uh, help in any way we can in this area. That's how yeah. we're, we're two years in now. ETS Green Bay. I was going to ask, I was going to ask, like, uh, I, I thought it's been a couple of years. When did you guys officially open here in Green Bay? So it was March of 21. Okay. So we're coming up on our two year, two year anniversary here. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And man, from one to you kind of have seen this throughout its entirety from the first one to now, what'd you say? 26. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's I a mean, lot of fun. You know, I've been, I've had my hand in on, on helping other directors exactly up locations now. And, you know, obviously it's a lot smoother process now than when, than we used to, to do it back when we went from one to four pretty quickly. So, um, but it's, it's amazing. The team that we have around us, the support system we have, you know, everyone that's involved with ETS on the back end too, is makes our, our lives a lot easier. We can really focus on, again, our mission and our why, um, to do what we do every day and not have to worry so much about those little things. Um, it, we have a great team with ETS. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, kind of jumping into that, can you tell us a little bit more about ETS and touch on like that mission and your guys's why and what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So we train athletes from ages eight all the way up through the professional level. Um, so when an athlete comes through our doors, we take them, we take every athlete through an initial assessment. Mm-hmm. You know, when that 30 to 30 minutes to an hour really lets us dive in and understand who that athlete is, what their needs are and how we can help them. But during that process too, we establish goals because I always tell athletes like when you're coming in for a session, you're coming in to train for a specific reason. It's not a workout. You know, you're always training for what you want to get out of the training, you know, so that, that opportunity allows us to, to dive into that on a deeper level. So the athlete truly understands again, it's reassurance every time when things get hard in the gym, they understand why they're here. You know, they have their own mission. They have their own why. Um, so, but that, but that evaluation allows us to gather the information we also need to customize them a training program. You know, so when an athlete is training on our, in, in, inside of our setting, they're getting their own customized training program that's based on their needs, you know, their, their age, where they're at, their training age, you know, what they need to get again out of the training, their deficiencies. And then obviously we're attacking goals. You know, so that can look really different from a 12 year old to a 18, you know, 20 year old, mm-hmm. you know, but the cool part is they get to train in the same setting, you know, so that's massive for some of our younger kids that are learning, you know, the work ethic, learning what it takes. They're working right alongside potentially division one, you know, mm-hmm. athlete at the collegiate level, you know, so that really is, is something that, uh, that we love that we've gotten great feedback to from a lot of kids and parents is, uh, you know, them being able to look up to some of the older kids, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, establish that that work ethic that that is needed if they have those goals. You know, exactly. not every athlete has those goals or wants to be at that level. But, 
you know, we'll probably touch on this in a little bit, but <laughs> it dives into real life, right? Like mm-hmm. so many things that are learned along the way that, uh, that are applicable to real life. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's a little bit more about ETS, you know, training wise, like I said, we have a wide range, you know, of, of eight all the way up through the professional level. So there's a lot of different, you know, approaches that, that come to our training, a lot of different uh, levels, a lot of different advancements, but everything is a systematic approach. We make sure every athlete is continually progressing, um, but doing whatever we can to, to help them establish their, their goals. Mm, That's awesome. And it's all about, I mean, you can tell, and just hearing you talk, it's, it's all about, the athlete like there's it's it's doing what's in their best interest kind of all the time and i love the fact that it's customized to them but they're it's and it's in a group but they're not all doing the same thing and like you said that that younger athlete having the ability to look up to a higher level athlete or an older athlete i mean talk about being able to learn through the process and kind of what it takes at a young age and just having that drilled not, and not necessarily even drilled into your brain, but just being able to see see that day in and day out through training. I mean, that's freaking awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Yep. A, a lot of our, I mean, and, and some of our older athletes love that too. Mm-hmm. You know, they know they can make an impact on some of the younger kids. You know, we they, they'll be high-fiving them. They'll be fist-bumping. Awesome. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, the, the environment, you know, we, we preach ETS fam and we, we hashtag that on a lot of our stuff. And it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody's in here, we have... I mean, we'll have rivals from, from different schools, you know, training in the same setting together. When they come in here, it doesn't really matter, you know, but obviously when, you know, Friday night football game comes, they, they put the pads on, it's a little bit different. But inside of our four walls, you know, we are one, you know, and we all want each other to succeed. I always tell kids too, like, you don't know who your college teammate's going to be. You know, a lot of right. kids at the high school level compete so hard against each other and end up being teammates at the next level. Mm-hmm. You never really know, and those can develop into some of the best friendships too after high school and beyond your college career as well. Yeah, that's true, and it's it's easy to get that tunnel vision. Like I remember back in high school, being like, "Oh, I hate these kids. I hate that high school." But shoot, that's I mean, it's so accurate that you could inevitably end up being teammates and best friends, and it's just weird how that script can kind of flip once you get to that next level. Yes, it's cool. Absolutely. It's awesome. So you kind of brought this up and I think it's a perfect segue. Uh, you said eight year olds, huh? Yes. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that a little too young? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. Yes. That's, it's often, it's, it's a, it's a hot topic out there. Now our athletes ages age 11, eight to 12, that, that is our speed plus program. So that program is focused on youth development or we're focused on, you know, laying a foundation for, you know, what's next in that, in that athlete's future, you know? So when it comes to that, it's, there's a lot of foundational movements that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of proprioception work that's taking place where, I mean, we're teaching athletes how to decelerate. We're teaching athletes how to use their body properly in space. Um, that's going to help them benefit them when they get later on in their later years, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, you know, our athletes at age eight, let me, let me, let me just make sure everyone knows we're not putting a barbell on the back, right? Oh. Even, even our athletes at 12, 13, 14, when they do enter our strength system, they still aren't, you know, necessarily doing a ton of resistance. You know, the more we can focus on foundational movements, the less teaching we have to do later on. So like, for example, you know, we get a 15, 16, 17 year old coming in with the same deficiencies or the poor movement patterns as a 12 year old. Now that athlete is years behind, 
Mm-hmm. If we can learn proper movements, if we can instill proper foundation at a younger age, at 12, 13, they're learning how to squat, they're learning how to lunge. There's, no, there's not as much teaching later on. It's a smooth transition to something more complex, you know, where they can take it and they can run with it. You know, and when the body's ready for that, we want a smooth, easy transition so they can continue to advance. We don't want to have to be teaching the basics, you know, at that age. So there's so much foundation. I'll say foundation a lot. There's so much foundational movement, foundational things that happen at that age that will help that athlete be leaps and bounds ahead of other athletes their age um, when they do get to that level. Nice. Yeah. And can you expand a little bit on those foundational movements? Like, um, what does that look like? What are some of those? Yeah. So we, we teach the basics in just our, our, um, our dynamic warm up every day, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to lunge, like I said, learning how to squat. Um, there's so much, there's so much movement efficiency as far as mobility, you know, proper muscle activation that's happening. That's hidden in our warm up that kids don't even realize sometimes that they're, that they're I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sneak it in there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, more so the proprioception, like, you know, athletes, athletes are playing, you know, they're playing youth sports at age eight, nine, 10. Yeah. Why not start working on how to actually land properly? how to jump, how to land properly, how to change direction, how to transfer your body weight in space to avoid, hopefully avoid injuries in the future, but make yourself better in your performance. You know, when you're on the court, field, ice, whatever it is, you know, there's always things that you can learn in a controlled environment versus being thrown into, you know, a game and not really knowing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I I love what you just said because we on our end like we see a lot of these chronic type pains or acute injuries just because the athletes or or whoever it is their body doesn't know how to control um any given circumstance like landing i mean you see a ton of stuff um whether it's knee shin um foot issues because you don't know how to absorb the the forces of landing and what sport doesn't have some type of impact right or some type of um thing where you, where you don't have to land or there's some not some force kind of being or going through like foot all the way up the chain like I, I think that's incredibly important and not necessarily um avoiding some of those like i mean you hear a lot about like knee cave knee valgus well it's like why should i avoid it if we can just teach the body how to better control that and that that kind of falls under that corrective foundational type stuff that you're probably hiding in the warm-up and people kind of walk through it um, and don't pay much attention to it, but it plays a huge, huge role in um, further on activities and strength and, and sports. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even our, even our speed system at that young age, you know, like I said, it, there's a systematic approach to it. There's different mm-hmm. levels to it. There's a constant progression that's happening. But again, within there, you know, we might even, if the kids do a really good job in that class that day, you know, we, we might throw in a game. We might do something fun towards the end. But our, we're never stop. Our, our focus never stops um, when it comes to changing direction properly. You know, so like even within that game, we are making sure that you know the the, the proper movements are still happening. Mm-hmm. And again, they might not even realize that we're doing that. The technique we're focusing on those things. They're just they think they're just playing a game. <laughs> no, that's, but that's the level we actually want them to get to, right? Because in competition at that age if we can reach the level where they don't even know they're doing it, but they're actually doing it constantly, you know, that is competition. You know, that is actually competing, you know, in a tournament, in a game, whatever it might be, you know, that's the level we want them at. Yeah. And I'm sure 
you guys are getting them to react, like you said, without even realizing it. And then it will transfer into game like situation or when they're in a game, it's going to transfer without them again, having to think about it. It's just reactionary and, and a habit at that point. Absolutely. Um, so it's okay to start at a young age, essentially, is what you're saying. <laughs> How important is a, you know, a, a good coach at that level? I think there's, in my opinion, that's probably the most important factor is working with somebody um, important. But can you touch on that just a little bit? I think yeah. what you guys are doing, and it's what you do. Absolutely critical um, to have somebody that is going to be there to to help the athlete to understand what is what is the right movement you know, what they need to be getting out of their training, but also holding them accountable too. you know, cause, cause at, you know, we can, we can get complacent at times, you know, even at a younger age, you know, things can be, can become repetition, you know, they can get old very fast, but it's how you go about the training, how you can connect with an athlete to really get them to understand why we're doing something and how it's applicable to their sport or how it's going to make their performance better. And that comes through, you know, a great connection through a coach great energy someone who's super passionate about what they're doing as well that's gonna that's gonna pour into the athlete and they're gonna get more out of that training um but again a better understanding of of what we're doing and why we're doing it Mm -hmm. yeah nice um i'm curious about this too um you know well i've got something else that i want to ask you about but this just kind of popped up into my head since we're talking about the youth athlete what are your um thoughts on youth specialization at like a young a young age I'm definitely against it. Yeah, um, me too. You know, at a young age, athletes uh, athletes don't know what they're going to be good at yet. You know, they might love a sport, but it might not be what they end up doing when they're older. You know, there's so much there's so much um, physical maturity that comes along. You know, the body changes so much. You know, through puberty and and beyond those years, even that they don't know what they're going to be truly good at. They might play a sport, love a position, end up playing totally different position, you know, a few years later because their body completely changes. So, um, I, I think it's best. And we see it across the board too. a lot of our professional athletes, they hammer this home is play multiple sports. Mm -hmm. The, 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 the physical advancement from a youth standpoint, learning all these different movement patterns and not just focusing on certain ones in different sports have helped them become the professional athlete they are. You know, the develop from the development aspect of it, it's it's shaped them into that athlete that they are. I mean, think about a baseball player. I use baseball for example, right? It's very one side dominant. And we see that often when athletes come in and they've only played that one sport for many years, and I'm sure you see it every day too, mm-hmm. is the, the muscle dominance from, from, mm-hmm. from one side of the body to the other. You know, and that can be easily avoided by an athlete playing a different sport for a few months, working on different movements, working on um, different fundamentals, and then coming back and playing that sport again later on. And how much the other sport is actually going to benefit you know, their favorite sport, their primary sport, if that, if that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you said that. I thought you would, but I mean, I can't be 100 percent sure. But if you like, you hear it all the time. It's you hear these college basketball players that are going pro in the NFL, like big tight ends, wideouts, just because it it transfers so well. And I think there is that cross transfer training where you kind of give one muscle group a, a little bit of a break while you're working on like agility, speed, quickness in a different sport, which will then transfer. Um, to, to usually your main sport. I mean, I think of my brother in high school, he, a uh, big football guy, 
stopped playing baseball to, to do track in the spring simply to work on, I mean, more speed, quickness, jump, which then, I mean, went into the offseason football and it was like he wasn't even necessarily training. It was a lot of that training was just through this the track season and prepped him a little bit better for football. On, I mean, he's wide out. So totally, totally uh, transferable there. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I mean, you might not even realize, but you know, you're working on different aspects that are going to make you a better football player. You know, he, that was hidden in there, right? Like he's having fun doing track, but he's working on his speed development. You know, he's, he's going to be become a better wide receiver by running track. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. Um, so then I guess another good, this is really setting up well, like these segues, are, <laughs> this is working out. Um, I know you wanted to talk, I, I guess how, what's the importance of, training over like travel type stuff like we don't obviously there's a there's gonna be a fine line there's a huge emphasis on travel sport um kind of always going year round and some things take the back side to that obviously these kids are young they have to manage schedules routines school homework training playing all of that stuff um and typically my guess or my assumption you you know more about this is that the sport will kind of take precedence over training yes is that accurate yes in 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 many situations that unfortunately that's what happens you know when i hear it very very you know consistently is well we're just too busy with our sport we can't get our training in mm. you know when when as you think about your development you know it's it you got to find time for for that portion of it mm. so, we don't want to, we don't want peaks and valleys. I tell athletes this all the time is if you train really hard, let's say for three months prior to your season, you are going to be your strongest at the least important time of the season. <laughs> and you're slowly going to get weaker and more susceptible to injury throughout that season. And when it comes to playoffs or postseason or the most important time of the season, you're going to be at your weakest. You're going to be losing the results, losing all the, all the hard work that you put in. You know, so I use that as an example for athletes. You know, we work on maintenance, you know, especially for our more advanced athletes. We work on maintenance for for the simple reason that if we can keep you more at a flat line, make small improvements during the season, but keep your strength, keep all the, the movement efficiency, the mobility, everything that we've worked on so hard for many months. If we can keep that where it is, it'd be at the at the start of the season. To the, po- to the end of the season, now we can build off of that the next offseason mm-hmm. or between two seasons, mm-hmm. you know, versus spending, I'll give you an example. I had an athlete come in, spent a, lot, uh, a decent amount of time with us, took six months off, set records at our facility, took six months off, came back and completely mm-hmm. lost half of, half of her results. Dad was frustrated, you know, thinking about, okay, now we're going to spend the next probably two months of our new membership. Mm-hmm. trying to get our results back to where we just were, you know, before we can even advance. Yeah. And that is frustrating. That's frustrating on everybody's end. hundred percent for the athlete, mm-hmm. for me, you know, mm-hmm. for anyone that's going to work, f- focus on the performance, you know, that's hard. It's a very hard thing to get over. Um, versus it could have been a quick fix that could have mm-hmm. easily been avoided by just focusing on less training, you know, at a lesser amount, less frequent, but focusing more on maintenance you know, at that time and, and then building off of that when, when the time does allow, you know, mm-hmm. for that. So, but g- going back to your, your question is what we see is what frustrates me is when I hear, 
well, you know, Johnny got, got asked to play on, you know, he plays on this team, but now he got asked to play with his buddies on this team. So now he's playing for two or three different teams at the same time. And it's smart. Yes. And there's no development happening mm-hmm. no, from, from a, uh, or the overall development isn't, isn't, isn't taking place. There's a skill advancement probably, but when skill runs out, who, which, which, which of the, the athletes is going to continue to progress? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 that's an easy, that's an easy answer. You know, yeah. the athlete that's more prepared, the athlete has, a, has better strength that is, is more developed mm-hmm. is going to succeed way beyond the athlete that has better skill. Yeah. Um, going off of that, this, this, what, when you see like those, those people, or those athletes start to decrease their training, but increase sport, what do you see in overall performance? Like, does it peak? Do they kind of, um, decline in regards to like recovery and stuff like that or, or what do you typically and i guess that's kind of a vague poorly worded question um do you know what i'm getting at yes well, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, if the athlete if the athlete's going to stop completely let's say yeah. if they stop training no resistance is happening no mm-hmm. no external force you know beyond, beyond what the 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 sport is going to demand that is going to happen pretty quickly Pretty rapidly within, you know, the, the athlete will hang on to the results for a couple of weeks, but majority of the time after that two week period is when we really start to see a massive decline mm-hmm. falling off the cliff pretty fast. Now, again, it can, that can be easily avoided, you know, during a season, during a heavy sports season, we never expect to see our athletes as often as we do in the off season. It wouldn't make sense. Right. The, the demand of the sport, um, is going to require a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of recovery. Mm-hmm. We take that into consideration. We train a lesser amount, you know, that way, again, that athlete can stay where they're at. That is the goal is to keep them primed, to keep their movement efficiency, to decrease, you know, as much as we can, the likelihood of injuries, um, to keep their strength. It's going to help them feel better, play better. Um, the confidence aspect of it too, you know, is going to be a massive piece mm. when you're stronger, when you, when you feel that you're going to be more confident. When you can change direction faster, when you can sprint faster, jump higher, um, that all plays a, a big a big role into that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That's a that's a byproduct that I don't think a lot of people realize is the confidence side of it. When kind of take me through like a, a journey from somebody that's just starting, like their mentality or their mental state, like when they walk, they first walk through the doors um, with you guys, and then what do you kind of see as? Um, as they kind of work through the plan, work through the program from like a mental side of things, confidence, like I'm assuming it's built, but I really like, I'm curious as to what you see. Cause again, it's a byproduct that a lot of people don't really realize. A hundred percent. When, uh, I'll be honest, when an athlete first walks in, it can be pretty overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know, because on, on the, on during a strength class, for example, when that athlete steps out there, you know, there's probably, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 other athletes that all know what they're doing already. You know, they grab their folder. They're all working on their own system. We're out there as coaches, making sure everyone's doing everything properly. You know, we're out there spotting them, coaching them, pushing them, obviously. But that athlete is probably going to be one-on-one for the first couple sessions because they don't really know what they're doing. You know, so we take them through everything the first day or two. Um, Once they get to the second week or third week, they, we see a big advancement as far as and just being comfortable on the training floor, knowing where to go, knowing what to set up, what equipment to use, when to use it. Um, so that can play a big role into it. Obviously, first, it's, it's a little bit intimidating. 
But a month, let's say a month or two in, the, one of the first things we always hear from parents, put the, put the, you know, the, the physical advancements aside is the mental. The number one aspect we see or we hear from parents is, you know, how well they're doing on the, in their respective sport, mm-hmm. but how much better they feel just physically. I mean, we get it, it goes down, it comes down to, you know, the social aspect. They're getting along with their friends better. You know, their mood is better at home. You know, they're doing their homework now. They have better energy. You know, it plays into that, but just the, the confidence side when they're on the field, on the court, on the ice they're performing better and they, they're more confident out there in their movements. Again, like we talked about, um, it all ties in. It's, it's huge. And that, that one's most important to me. I love that one. That is in the day and age that we are in right now. Confidence being self-confidence is, is massive and, and there's not enough of it. There's always room for more, you know? So that's something we, we work on instilling every day. Yeah. That's awesome. And I was thinking as you were talking, like, knowing you it's i can definitely see you like kind of taking a step back and just be like look at that kid like remember what he looked like or what she looked like when they walked through the door and like where they're at now it's got to be like a a really proud moment for you guys as coaches um that's awesome that's what it's about absolutely yes yeah If, if if the athlete gets anything from our training that's probably one of the most important parts you know it's the confidence side Again, you know, what I talked about a little bit earlier is that's, that's one of those aspects you're going to take away for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. No, that's not, you know, that's not just a short term thing. You know, hopefully that's something that stays with them for a lifetime beyond even their sport. Yeah. Uh, You're building habits, building mentality, building confidence. Like it goes way beyond the weights that they're throwing around or anything else like that. Like you're just building better freaking humans man (laughs) like that's what we need and that socialization and confidence you you hit it spot on it's it's needed right now yes absolutely it's sick that's sick um is there anything else you want us to know about what you guys are doing um over at ets yeah i I would just say you know obviously we do training right you know we're going to make your athlete you know stronger faster more explosive we're going to work on those things Mm-hmm. Kind of like what I was just uh, alluding to is uh, the things that athletes are going to take away from our training for a lifetime, the things that we can instill at a, at a younger age that hopefully stay with our athletes beyond high school, beyond college, throughout their lifetime to make better you know, mothers, better fathers, you know, better friends. Mm-hmm. Um, every athlete's going to have face adversity. You know, and one thing we preach to our athletes is, you know, fighting through that. You know, we put our quotes on the wall, commit, overcome, conquer. The first thing you have to do with anything is commit to it. And guess what? Adversity is going to set in. And if you can't overcome that, you'll never conquer what you set out to do. You know, you'll never reach your true goals. There's going to be adversity in all ways of life. At every age of your life, at every stage, there's going to be different adversity. The more you can learn at a young age to handle that, to take that on in different capacities, so when you, when you come, you know, when, when, when that, when that stressor is presented again in your life, you know how to take that on, you know, and, and we help our athletes, we help shape that at a young age. So they understand that and they can do that alone, you know, in the future, you know, which, which will set them up for a successful life, you know, ho- hopefully again, beyond sport, but in business and in every piece of, of, of their, of their life. So that's one thing we're, we're very passionate about is, you know what? 
probably 0.001% of athletes will really reach the professional level. But every single athlete can work on, can work on confidence. They can work on, you know, overcoming adversity. Like I said, um, they can work on so many aspects that they're going to take away, you know, for, for the rest of their life. That's dope. You need to get that on an audio clip. Just pump that out. <laughs> that, that was solid, man. Um, and I think that encapsulates everything that you guys are about. I mean, you can see it on social media pages, kind of how you present, how you walk around. Like it's it's a proud community, and and you're just doing things the right way. So it's it's cool to see. And you know, we've obviously talked um, a few times, and then met early on when you guys were in Green Bay. And it's just it's sick to see the growth. And I mean it's i have a feeling it's probably just starting to yes, absolutely <laughs> yep um awesome is so if if people want to give you guys a follow um or uh get in contact social media pages website like where can they go what's best what you got yep so we do you can follow us on on instagram ets green bay um ets performance green bay on facebook and instagram um we do free athlete evaluations, you know, so that that assessment is really, you know, it's, it's an awesome opportunity for an athlete to come in to see if they really like what we're doing. You know, it's not for everyone. We understand that. Mm-hmm. That assessment will allow us again to get the information we need, but that athlete to feel it out too, to make sure it's going to be a good fit. So to schedule an athlete evaluation, you can go to our website, you know, and uh, that's etsperformance.com. And that can be any one of our locations. Um, so, you know, we have multiple throughout the state of wisconsin and beyond so if uh if your athlete is is in any one of our markets you know check out that that location that's nearest you but uh but schedule the free athlete evaluation on there um and that's you know that's how we'll get you guys started awesome awesome yeah and we'll be sure to link to all of that um so that people could just easily click and access um as they want got a couple uh ending questions just a couple not a few just a couple um so uh, you know um you kind of mentioned you guys are, are from the area uh the green bay area what what's you and the, your wife's like favorite type of activity to do um green bay door county what what you what do you guys like to get out and do yeah i mean the parks that we have access to in door county are just mm-hmm. it's amazing you know so we love to golf we're big golfers. We're not great golfers. But we like to golf. I don't know if I've ever heard a golfer say they're great. Golfers. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, fun, it's a fun sport, um, that you can always get better at. You'll yeah. never be too good at it. So, but, but we love to try out different courses. Um, but again, door County, we, I, I feel like we're so blessed moving away from, you know, from this area for a while really makes you understand how blessed we are to have such an awesome resource so close to us. You know, there's endless things to do up there. You know, it doesn't matter what type of the year it is. Um, there's always things going on up there, but obviously summertime is going to be awesome. You know, using the parks, you know, there's, there's so many things to do up there. Um, but I mean, we love to work out. So, you know, you can find us at ETS Green Bay pretty often you know, even even on the off days. So, um, you know, we both have the same passion, you know, for health and wellness. So that's where we, that's what we like to do in our, in our spare time. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, you know, we, we've been talking about trying to make more of an effort to hit up door County as well, like Erica and I, cause it's, we've, we, every time we go up, like, why do we not just spend more time up here? Like it's talk about a perfect getaway. That's literally right in the back door. Yes. It's, it's awesome. Um, and then let's, I'll I'll keep this to, to athletes, but, um, 
I mean, it can apply to so many different areas. What's like a piece of advice that you would give to, let's say, an athlete looking to up their game and kind of develop better lifestyle habits? What would you what would you kind of tell them? Uh, I think it's going to go back to, you know, what what I uh, initially said is set goals, you know, without a goal and without a measurable goal, it's just a dream, you know, so set the goal, put a measurable you know, time frame or number on it. You know, we, we have athletes set goals, obviously what we see that they're coming in, they want to do, they want to get faster and they want to get stronger. Right. Well, they're both, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to get faster. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get both of those, but it's how fast and how strong, you know, put, put a, put a timetable on it, but put a specific number on when you want to achieve, you know, that goal. So that's my biggest recommendation, but commit to something, you know, with again, without a commitment, you're just going to be dreaming, you know, find a commitment, make goals. Um, so, because when things get hard, again, it comes back to overcoming adversity, right? When things get hard, you have something to fall back on and understand your why, why you're doing it. Um, and that's going to keep to keep that, you know, keep that fire lit. It's going to keep you going every day. You know, there's going to be bad days within that, but those goals are going to keep you on track because it's going to make those good days great. So that'd be my biggest recommendation. That's awesome. That's awesome, Alex. Hey, man, really appreciate the time. Um, this is chock full of great info. So like, thank you for taking time out of your day. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys. And uh, we'll talk with you next time. If you would like more information about us at Movement Performance and Rehab or information on one of our guests, or if you have a contact that would be a good guest for this podcast, please send us an email at info at mvmtgb.com. That's info at movementgb.com.